0: All right, y'all. How we doing? Great. Great. How how was y'all's day at school? Hey, who got, have you guys taken any tests yet? Who already got an A on a test this year? Okay. All right. Who got a B on a test this year? (laughs) All right. What about a C? Okay. All right. Who failed a test this year? Come on, come on. It's 2023. Do better. Do better. Well, hey, so good to see you guys. Excited for tonight. We have been in a series. This is week two of our series, Who Am I? Everybody say who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Okay, so the main goal. Shh, 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 if your neighbors talking, tell them to shh. Who am I? The main goal of the series is we're talking through the topic of identity. What do we mean by identity? Well, identity is really like the core of who we are, okay? And as Christ followers, as people that follow Jesus, Jesus truly should be our identity. We shouldn't have to find our identity, who we are in the things of this world. Like, it doesn't have to be like the materialistic items, you know? If you don't have the new coolest Jays, if you don't got like the Air Force Ones, that's okay, because we don't find our identity in materialistic things, okay? You don't have to find it in that friend group, okay? It's not once you get in that friend group, then your identity's set there, you're cool, you're good. No, you you can find it in Jesus. You don't have to find your identity how much how much money your family has or how much success you have. It's simply who you are in Jesus. We've gone from death to life, and now we're children. Of God. That's that's who we, that's who we call ourselves. So last week we talked about the question of where do I find love? Where do I find love? And our, our panel did an incredible job. Did you guys think the, the panel did a good job last week? Okay, it was good. This week we got a new panel, and we're asking the question: where do I find community? Everybody say community. Community. So as community, we're talking about here at church, the church is a family, and we're called to follow Jesus not just in a one-on-one relationship with Jesus, but we're actually called to a people. And that people is the church. So here at Revolution, we're a part of Westridge Church, and we get to follow Jesus together. And then you have small groups. Who loves their small groups? Okay? Then you have small groups where you get even tinier, and you got like 8 to 12 people in there, and you follow Jesus together. We're called to follow Jesus, not alone, but together. And I thought, what a better way to talk about community and talk about friendship and talking about Jesus-loving people, than with my small group, okay? So this is my small group right here. I believe we have a picture of our full small group. This is our small group right here, okay? So every single Tuesday night, last night, we meet up. It's a bunch of middle school elites as well. We meet up. It's a married group, so we're all married couples. We talk about the word. We pray together. We confess sin to each other. We do life together. So it's just like you guys as small groups here on Wednesday night, and so I just wanted to interview my small group, also all 8th grade small group leaders. Raise your hand if this is your leader. Make some noise up here. Where are my 8th grade, grade fellows at? Yes, yes. So really, we're just going to be interviewing my small group, 8th grade leaders, Jake and Orion Taylor, and they're just going to be sharing their stories, and they're going to be sharing some insight of what it looks like to follow Jesus together, what it looks like to have community, what it looks like to have accountability in your life, okay? So very first question actually no we I, I want to introduce you guys and you guys need to show show your middle school picture so Jake introduce yourself my man
1: good evening where are my eighth grade fellas at where are my yes. eighth grade dogs at Yes. I expected a little more out of them but and
0: I believe we have a, a picture of Jake in middle school as well yes.
1: there I am that was, that was me with my mom and dad I was in sixth grade after uh after a football game, Incredible in my in my Under Armour shirt that I thought was so cool. I love it. I love it.
0: All right. Next up, Anna. Say what's up. Hey guys. You all hear me? Yes. Uh, Speak a bit hey
1: Oh, I got you. I got, got you. I got you. I got you. There's no
0: button on it.
2: There we go. Should work now. There we go. Hey, guys. My name's Anna Freeman. I'm Jake's wife.
0: Everybody say, what's up, Anna? (laughs) Uh, Thank you.
2: Thank you. So, yes, this is me in middle school, y'all. My family has a small farm. We got a bunch of cows this year in this picture, and there I am sporting my boots, camouflage jacket, and my cheer bow. So, I'm happy to be here tonight, (laughs) Um, and I'm so thankful for my small group here as well.
0: Sweet. Next
3: up. Hello. My name is Taylor. This is me in the sixth grade sporting a Scooby-Doo shirt. Um, I can bet none of you are out here wearing a Scooby-Doo shirt right now, but I thought it was cool in sixth grade, as I should have.
4: All right. What's up, guys? My name's Ryan Germany. Uh, first off, where's, where's my guys at? Let me make some noise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love it. Represent. So, uh, that's, that's me in sixth grade there. I, I love to fish. So, I, it, I don't think I could find a picture of me in middle school without some type of fish in my hand. Like, I just love to fish. And so, that's, that's, that's what you got there.
0: Ryan, how many fish have you caught in your life?
4: I, I couldn't even count, man. Couldn't even count. I would say it's in the thousands.
0: I would say it's in the thousands.
4: Yeah, in tens of
0: thousands. How yes. I many fish have yes. you caught with me? Yeah, I did catch a fish with you. That, that was awesome. Come on. Well, this is our panel for today. Excited just to interview them. So we're just going to get right into it. So our very first question, very first question is, when did you start to find your identity in Jesus? Share y'all's testimony.
1: Um, so... Early church life for me was pretty consistent. Uh, when I was your age, I was definitely involved in church, um, Vacation Bible School uh, when I was younger, and was saved when I was in sixth grade. Um, I'll just say that when I was in middle school, there was an award that I got in Miss Dindy's science class at Moses Middle School for most for most spiritual, which was yes. funny, uh, which well, not funny, but it was it was cool. Um, so. Uh, Fast forward for some time, I uh, I had a good group of friends. Um, when I left high school, I worked a ton of jobs. I probably had like 25, 26 jobs. Like literally, I can't even count them all. Um, but for some years, I was a firefighter here in Paulding County. And uh, those years were really tough. And um, I definitely strayed uh, from my walk with Jesus. And it took me a while to like get back um, there. And actually, I, I was really... Um, humbled uh one particular day when um basically i was um i was living in sin i was not following jesus um i knew jesus i I definitely was i was not reading my bible i was um focused on a lot of different things i was finding my identity in um the crowd that i was kind of running with and um some of the relationships that that jake was picking i was picking them i was picking you know these uh these girls that were, that were also not, uh, uh, focused on their walk with Jesus. And, uh, one day I, I heard from the Lord, I was at lunch and I heard from the Lord and he said, how long are you going to keep living like this? And how long are you going to keep me from blessing you? Because this is not my will for you. And so I basically fully surrendered to him, um, immediately left being a firefighter and, uh, some months later literally found anna the love of my life and now we're married and so um finding my uh identity yeah thank you (laughs) 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 putting putting my faith in jesus and actually finding my identity in him literally changed the projection of my my whole life and it um it does for everyone who meets jesus so um that's that's a little piece of my testimony so good, Jake. That's so good. Love it.
2: So for me, my um, walk with the Lord really started um, from a young age. As well, I went to a Methodist church when I was growing up. Went every Sunday. Went to BBS, and my parents volunteered. Good times. Middle school rode rode around. I, um, so fifth grade, I was ten years old, and I got saved, um, which was a really good time. I felt it just in my heart. That it was my time yes. um, to do that. I didn't fully understand what that meant, but um, I felt it in my heart that the Holy Spirit called on me um, to give my heart to Jesus. Middle school rolled around, and um, I was having a hard time finding so much in friendships um, who liked me, who didn't, um, trying to meet the expectations, my worldly expectations, having a hard time. High school rolled around, not much changed from that, just um, didn't have. I had my best friends, but they were not friends that surrounded me with Christ-like um, love. Um, so I didn't really—I attended Revolution in seventh grade, but when high school rolled around, I, I really didn't have anything flowing in. I went to Sunday—church uh, on Sundays, maybe once a month, maybe. Um, then high sc- uh, college came. I went to Georgia Southern, um, so four and a half hours away from home. Um, that's whenever my love for the Lord really blossomed and grew— um, and helped me with who I am now, really. Um, I found my identity in the Lord then. Um, I was surrounded by a community that was so good um, for me, and I knew that's where the Lord wanted me. I had a good mentor, and that's really where I fell in love with the Lord, and the Lord um, never turned his back on me ever, ever, even since a young age. So that's a little bit of my testimony.
3: So for me, um, I grew up in a household where we all called ourselves Christians and we would go to church on the occasional Sunday, but just kind of check that off the list of the to-do list for the week. It was very much a checklist-type faith. Um, We would go to church and then the rest of the week was just about being a good person. Um, And it was kind of up to you, whatever you wanted to do as long as you're a good person. I didn't realize that Jesus wanted a relationship with me. I didn't know it went past just being a good person. Um, so that was kind of my mindset going into middle school, and I started coming into Revolution. Um, and that's where I started to get a glimpse of who Jesus really was um, and how he actually felt about me. And then in eighth grade, there was a day where I just came to the end of myself and realized that I was broken and sinful and in desperate need of a savior um, and knew that Jesus Christ was the only one that could forgive me for my sins. So I gave my life to the Lord that day. And then from there, just tried to figure out um, what it looked like to have a relationship with Jesus. I knew that he wanted a relationship with me, um, but didn't really know what all of that entailed. Um, So throughout high school, went to Reckless, was involved in a small group through Reckless, went to rush camps in the summer, went to Nicaragua on mission trips. And those were all things that were really great um, and helped challenge me in my faith um, and deepen my faith. But I wouldn't say that my full identity was not being a Christ follower, Um, I kind of had this side of me where I would give parts of me to Jesus so he could have my nights when I went to Reckless and he could have my Sundays when I went to church and then the occasional weeks when I went to Rush and on a a mission trip, like he could have those, but then the rest was kind of for me. Um, So in between all of that, it was very much uh, me being focused on me and me consuming worldly things. So for me, I put my identity in trying to get um, a scholarship to play soccer in college. And I kind of had the mindset where I didn't have the time to be a fully devoted follower of Christ then, but later in my life I would do it. Um, So that's kind of my mindset through high school and most of college. And then I went through some things in college that really, again, brought me just kind of at the feet of Jesus, where I'd come to the end of myself again and realize all those things I put my identity in um, had all failed me up until that point. Um, and so I realized that putting my faith, um, putting my full identity in Christ was going to be the only thing that wasn't going to fail me. Um, and so from then on, I graduated college, married Ryan. We, um, got involved in this young adults married small group and now living on this side of my identity in Christ, there is just so much purpose to life and there's a joy that isn't circumstantial. Um,
0: so good. Love it.
4: Um, so for me, I didn't, I didn't really grow up in a, like a Christian home or anything like that. We probably went to uh, church. I could count on one hand how many times we went. Like growing up, it would be like Christmas and Easter. Um, but so whenever I got into uh, high school, I, at this point in my life, like I, I wasn't a Christian, and um, I really put my identity in my popularity and the people that liked me and, um, and, and Taylor. So we had met early in high school, and, and it was my goal and my aim to, to, um, to, to make her like me. Like, that was really what a lot of my identity was in. And um, at the time, that she, she was a Christian, and I wasn't, but I really wanted to put up a front like I was a Christian because I knew that she wouldn't want anything to do with me if, if I wasn't a Christian. And so she got me to come to, uh, to Reckless here at Westridge, but um, the, the, the biggest thing for me was she got me to come to Rush in the uh, summer of 2015. And I went on to this trip um, really because she wanted me to, and I thought that it would like, help my image a little bit. It, it, it'd really make her think that I was a good Christian guy if I went. Um, but little did I know like going going to rush that summer, I would just get totally wrecked um, in, in the best way possible for um like that was like the first time that that I really heard the gospel and truly heard Jesus calling me to a new identity he was calling me to to lose myself to to get over myself, and that um living living in this world isn't, isn't for, for my gain or for what I want or what I want to do, but ultimately is for him and and to live a life of obedience to him. And so that I heard that for the first time and something just clicked. And so I decided to put my faith and trust in Jesus going into sophomore year um, of high school and got baptized on that trip. And I came back and it was like nothing was the same. It was, it was so awesome because everything was so fresh to me. And I just started reading the Word and really growing a lot in my relationship with the Lord. Um, and that was really the first time I felt this um, sense of purpose and joy and hope over my life because of this new identity I had been called into. Um, and, and, and since then, every single day I have to be reminded of my identity in Christ. But that was really like the first time. I really felt um, Jesus calling me into a new identity than than what I had um, believed beforehand.
0: Man, that's so good. I love how in each one of their stories, they talked about the thing that they were trying to find their identity in, the thing that they were trying to find their joy in, the thing that they thought that made them who they are. But yet those things all fell flat compared to their relationship with Jesus. And so for you guys to think through, man, what are those things that I'm maybe placing too high on the list of things in my life that that are important. Cuz those things are ultimately going to let you down. People are going to let you down. Those relationships are going to let you down. Sports are going to let you down eventually. But Jesus like he will never let you down. He's there for you no matter what. So I love those stories. So, we will go to question number 2. So what what we got for question number 2? Okay. So, what was your first taste of Jesus-centered friendships? So like I said before, we're saved in a relationship with Jesus. But he actually calls us to a people. And that people is the church. And we're called to follow Jesus together. So what was your first taste of Jesus-centered friendships?
1: Um, if, you give, if you give your life to Jesus, if, if, if you uh, rededicate yourself at any point in your life, like for me, I was 26 when I rededicated my life to him. Um, it is possible that you could lose friends. And that is okay. That is more than... Then okay. Um, be, like uh, Kara said last week, if you guys remember, I've, I loved it so much. Be that friend to people. Like, be the godly friend that you want. Um, but God provides friends. God pr- provides friendships, like more than what you could pray for. So if you're in a scenario where you're in a group of uh, friends that are not necessarily going the right direction and you know what the right direction is don't be afraid to step to either step out of that and say i've got to change things up or tell your friends hey guys i want to start doing something differently we've 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 got to we've got to do some things differently it's likely that they will either say wow i want some of what michael has i want to do I, i want that and they're going to follow you or god's going to provide better friends for you in my situation all of my friend groups before, I couldn't look to a particular guy and say, brother, I'm dealing with this issue. I'm dealing with this problem. And I could not rely on godly, biblical advice from them. I could not. And that's not good. We're made to be in a community. We're we're wired for community. We're wired for friendships. But make sure that when you lean on someone, that they're leaning on Jesus and that you're leaning on Jesus. So um, I would say really up into having uh, this relationship with the group that, that we have, I've always had great friends. I've always been surrounded by awesome people. I can truly say that at any, any point in my life, if if Jake's doing really good, I would say a majority of the reasons for that is because I'm surrounded by amazing people. And so having the group of friends, brothers and sisters, really, that we're doing life with is a huge, huge, um, it's a, it's a, it's a huge difference maker. I mean, it's a, uh, every facet of your life will change when you, when you start surrounding yourself, like closely surrounding yourself week in and week out with a godly community. So looking back on my life before joining the small group and even before I rededicated myself, my friends weren't cheering for me when I was doing great. You know, they, Um, they loved me and they loved hanging out and doing whatever, but I can really, I can go to Sawyer, I can go to Ryan, I can go to Taylor, I can go to these, I can go to my men and say, guys, I'm dealing with this and know that they are like, let's get the Bible out. Let's, this is, this is war. Like we're, we're going through this together and, um, it's, uh, there's no way I would want to go back or want to take a step back from the community that we have.
0: So good.
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of to talk about that, and it's really the first taste of Jesus that I got um, as far as friendships go. I came to Revolution in seventh grade. Um, I was not all the way in, um, but it was definitely my first taste of what it looked like to be surrounded by people my age who wanted to be here for the same purpose that I was, um, to find comfort in Jesus um, I really didn't start being intentional with God until college, like I mentioned in my testimony. Um, I found my first taste of true Christ-like friendship when I was in college. Man, my community I surrounded myself with, my small group of young women, girls who were my age, who struggled with the same things that I was struggling with. My mentor, Miss Beth, just changed my life, y'all. She changed my life. I just knew that that's what the Lord intended for me because those friends were wanting Anna to be a better Anna. They wanted Anna to look more like Christ Mm. and not like the world and not like them. They held me accountable. They encouraged me to just be better and to find comfort in who the Lord created me to be and not what the world looks like. If I could go back in time and focus on that. When I was in middle school, I would 100% I would, I think it would make life a lot easier than I chose um, for it to be. I didn't really have a relationship or community in high school that was surrounded by Christ. Um, it was the complete opposite of the group that I found in college. Um, so the first true taste of what friendship in the Lord was like was, um, my community in college. It just changed my life forever. It changed my life for the better. Um, and like I said, if I could go back and be more intentional in middle school of what that looks like to have friends who want you to look more like Christ, that holds you accountable, um, and who just reminds you that you, you are who the Lord created you to be, um, I totally would. Yeah.
3: Hello. Similar to Anna, um, my first taste of biblical community originally came from... Revolution and Reckless, being involved in those small groups, that was the first time I was really surrounded um, by other Christ followers who were wanting to deepen their relationship with the Lord um, and just learn and grow in the Lord. And then I would also say um, my first taste of a Jesus-centered friendship was with my best friend, Kara. Um, She was the first person who ever cared if I had a relationship with Jesus and the first person who ever asked me about it. Um, and I realized quickly that that friendship was a lot stronger and a lot deeper than any other friendship I'd ever had. And it's because I realized that it was built on the foundation of Christ versus other friendships that were built on worldly foundations, like sports or popularity or things like that. And when um, times got hard and the winds blew, those foundations could fall. But I knew that the foundation of the friendship that I had with Kara um, was strong because it was built on Christ. So that's when I started to learn the value of a Jesus-centered friendship,
0: so good. Care is my wife, y'all. Shout out, Care! Whoop, whoop. Great job.
4: <laughs> so, for me. Um, Something, something that Jake said that definitely proved to be true in my life is is that when you come to truly follow Jesus, you're going you're gonna to lose some friends, or you may lose some friends in your life. And that's exactly what, what happened in my life. When I came back from Rush that year, and I was all fired up on the Lord, um, the friends that I had... Um, they they didn't want to hang out with me quite as much as as they used to. Like they we just weren't into the same stuff. Like I we were pursuing different things, and so I lost a lot of those friends. And I went through a a really brief period of just not really having anybody to go to, not really having any biblical community. But my my first taste of of, of biblical community was was it was probably that same year. And I just got caught, was calling and praying to God um, for Him to just put. People in my life who loved him would have helped me pursue him, and he was so faithful to answer that. And he actually put uh, Sawyer in my life, and and also my buddy Jacob. I think we might have a picture of us three up there. Yeah, see, that's that's yeah. the, <laughs> that's the squad right there. Um, you guys may remember Jacob. He he came and spoke here uh, a couple months ago, um, and then my boy Sawyer over there. We go we go way back. They were some they, they were my first friends that I ever had as a Christian. I never had anybody in my life care about how I was doing spiritually until I met them. And and they're they're two people that are still today so so special to me. And and the bond that that God created through us during those my, the early years of of, of my faith um, is still is still strong and alive today. But they were the first taste that I ever had. And and we prayed together and we. Uh, would seek the Lord together and they just cared about me and I cared about them. And because that mutual, um, want, like both of us or all of us wanting to see each other grow more like the Lord. We were able to just encourage each other and help each other grow in our faith. So that was like the first taste I ever had of that.
0: Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. And, and just like each one of them said, like we all have the opportunity to experience that. And sometimes it's just praying to the Lord, God, would you bring me, other friends in my life who love Jesus. Because the fact is, there's a statistic that says this. You're going to be the average of the five people that you hang out with most. So I want you to think about in your life, the five people that you hang around most. Maybe it's like your best friends or people at school or people on your sports team or people that you play Xbox with, whoever it is. Your five closest friends, like you're going to be just like those people. And so your friendships are so important because those people are going to shape you. And you're probably gonna look like your friends. So are those people helping you look more like Jesus in your life? So we got a couple more questions. We'll go to question number three. Why is it important to have friends around you that love Jesus? Just a few quick points. Why is it why is it important to have friends around you that love Jesus?
1: You've you, you got to be able to depend on those five people a- around you, or three people, or two people, or one person, or ten people. Um, and being able to, uh, like I said earlier, being able to like really rely on that godly counsel when you need it. Uh, there's, there's no substitution for that. Um, and the decisions that you make now really actually can and will uh, affect you when you're 30 almost, you know. So, um, be really careful. I mean, this is, this is really, this is serious. And I, I tell my guys, like, this, is, uh, this, this type of relationship that you have with Jesus and uh, the route that you choose that, it's life or death. It really is that serious. Um, and so the, when you understand the weight of that, um, the gospel is simple. And so sharing that with friends and having that community, it means, it means everything.
2: So One thing I wanted to talk about um, with the importance of godly friendships, is I just remember being y'all's age and being in high school and having such a guilty feeling when I would fall into the temptation of gossip, saying hurtful words even to my friends, um, and just doing things that I, were, I was not proud of. Um, I would have such a guilty conscience after that. And looking back now, I know that was just the Lord pressing on my heart to say, Anna, this is not, this is not it, girlfriend. Um, And I know, I'm sure that some of you can relate with that feeling, what that probably feels like. I know this is not the right, this is not the right decision to make, um, but it seems like the good decision to make right now, even though I know I'm gonna feel guilty later. Um, And so the importance of finding godly friendships is so you don't feel guilty, um, and they can encourage you to make the right decisions. Um, With that as well, I just have on here accountability. Um, Just holding you accountable and saying, hey. I don't know if that's the right decision, um, you know, and just really leaning into questioning what that might look like for you. Um, on top of that, one of the things that I just benefit most from right now is just my friendships, giving good biblical advice, not worldly advice. Um, I, I My life benefits from that so much because I am such a people pleaser, and I want look and say, What do you think is right? But they turn around and say, Anna, this is what it really looks um, like for advice um, in the Bible and from the Lord. Lastly, just I found friendships that leave me feeling fulfilled rather than empty and guilty. And I can just say that's the most fulfilling one. These girls in my small group, the girls that I surround myself with now, my husband, they leave me feeling so fulfilled and so full of good friendship, good heart, I never feel guilty afterwards, and I'm so thankful for that. It's good. It's really good.
3: It's good. So it's important, to have... <laughs> it's important to have friends who love Jesus because friends who don't love Jesus are not going to see the issue with your sin, and they're not going to see the issue with you living for the world. They're not going to see the issue with you feeling your own desires versus what Christ desires for us. First, having friends that love the Lord, those are going to be the friends that help you look more like him. Um, so you have to ask yourself the question, do I want to look like Jesus? Do I want to be like Jesus? Or do I want to be like the world? Um, and in order to be like Jesus, you have to be walking with Jesus. Um, so from First John 1 7, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. So God is light. And then when we're when we are walking in that light, we get to have fellowship with one another, meaning that we get to walk alongside other people who are also walking with Jesus. And what comes with that um, community is being able to feel fully known um, because what does the light do? It exposes the darkness. So when you go into a room and you turn on the light, it exposes the things you couldn't see before because it was dark. And so that's kind of what biblical community is like. Um, You're able to see all those things you couldn't see before. There's no more hidden sin there's no, more, um, there's no more portraying this image that you have it all together. Um, and we're told not to do that, because in First John 1, 8 through 9, it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, so having this community just allows you um, to freely confess sin to one another, have them hold you accountable, have them encourage you um, and point you to the cross each time, and then having people who are committed to praying over you.
4: Yeah, that's really good. Um, I would definitely agree with like, accountability encouragement like that that those are two super super like crucial things that we get from um, being in community. but something that Sawyer said that, that I really agree with is um, the people you surround yourself. Ultimately, you become like those people. And I've seen that in my own life because I've got some friends that are they're really country. Like, they're, they're really hillbilly. Like, they've got a lot of, of y'all in their draw, if you, if you know what I mean. And uh, <laughs> so whenever I go and hang out with them, um, my wife can always tell because I come home talking so southern. And she makes so fun of me because just because hanging out with them, like, I don't mean to. It's just because I've been around them and I've been hearing their voice that, like, I just start talking like them. But I think that's the same, and that's true for us and like, the character of people and, and, and mimicking the image of Jesus and other people in our life, too. Um, so something else, though, that I think that biblical community really helps us with is it helps reveal, like, the blind spot in our life. Like, blind spots is areas that we—sin that, that we may not know we have— Things that we don't know that we need to deal with, like decisions that we, you know, need to make. Um, I remember this this one time I was I was working for the, the company I'm currently working for, and um, we drive a work truck, and we're driving together with another worker, and we're going to park in one of the one of the parking spots. And what we do there is we back in to the parking spot, and somebody's supposed to go out and kind of help guide that person while they're backing into the parking spot. Well. This particular time, I look over at my buddy and I was like, hey, do you want me to go help you back up? And he's like, no, I got it. Like, don't worry about it. And so we're backing up, and sure enough, we, we nail a, a concrete pillar as we're backing up. We didn't even see it. It was just in his blind spot. So relating that to, to biblical community, I think that we all need, need that person in our life that's checking out our blind spot, that's seeing the aspects of our life that we're not able to see and helping guide us through that. Um, so along with that I just want to go ahead and share Ecclesiastes 4 uh, verse 9 and 10 and it says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil for if they fall one will lift up his fellow but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up So we need that other uh, those other people in our life to lift us up when times get hard when we're going through hard stuff when we're dealing with sin like, we got to have those people in our life to help lift us up and encourage us.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, y'all can clap it up. That's good. I love it. So we're going to go on to our last question. Last question. Last question is this. Just super practical, short. What does it look like? How do we start to pursue these Jesus-centered friendships? Like, how do we make that happen? Maybe you guys are, are sitting in here today and you're, you're saying, man, like, I want to grow my faith. I don't have a single person around me that loves Jesus, which would be a lie right now because we're literally sitting in church. So you got, you got plenty of people. But maybe in your life, you don't feel like you have those people around you who can help you grow in your faith. So how do we do that, Jake?
1: Um, I would like to ask, who's, who's ever asked their parents or a teacher or an aunt, uncle, uh, that kind of figure? Who's ever asked for something and got it? Like, raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah, those are all like very imperfect, like jacked up people. Like, we're all so imperfect. How much more, and that sounds crazy, right? But like, we're, we're jacked up, like, we are. But how much more could our Father that loves us, Jesus, how much more could He give us when we ask? Uh, we're reading through the New Testament, we're reading through Matthew right now, in Matthew 7 7, Jesus tells us to ask and it will be given to us to seek, and we will find, to knock, and it will be open to you. So asking, ask Jesus. Jesus, I want godly friends. Jesus, I want a community. He hung the stars in the sky. He, he gave us a perfect uh, percentage of oxygen to breathe. He can figure out some friends for you. And he knows them way better than if there was a hundred people and you had a minute conversation with all of them, you couldn't pick friends like Jesus can pick friends for you. You can't. So ask Jesus, start there and in and there. Just um, Take time with God seriously, and ask him. Just pray. So
2: to go off that to kind of go off that. Um, I just said, listen to the Lord, and if you, feel, if you feel in your gut, in your heart, something isn't right with your current community, with who you're finding your identity in, then that's probably the Holy Spirit knocking on your heart and telling you that it's not right. So if you pray to God and ask Him for friendships, and you feel like something isn't right, that right there is the Holy Spirit, and it is telling you that it's not right. Um, ask your small group leader about d groups just to see that's just kind of practical you can ask any of us what d groups look like um, to get more involved in a biblical community that's more intimate more small something you can be honest with and leading into that just be open and honest with your community be open and honest find friends that you can be honest with because odds are somebody somewhere is feeling the exact same way that you are and you'd be surprised with how many people can connect with you um, and, and that's how you can pursue that.
3: Yeah, so some pretty practical ways that we can start pursuing biblical community. So we have um, an opportunity right here after this, going to small groups. I encourage you to take these seriously. This is where you can start to find this community. You can look around and see the people next to you who are here to pursue Jesus like you are. So that's step one, and that's laid out for you right here. So there's one. And then... Second, what Anna was saying, discipleship groups that we've been talking about. So we meet outside of the regular Wednesday nights and get to study scripture together and confess sin with one another and pray for one another. So seek that out. Maybe that's your next step. Um, And then also following up with what they were saying about being in prayer. God knows what we need, um, and he knows we need community because he created it. Um, So being in prayer for those friends. um, And then, again, like Kara said last week, just because it was so good, be that friend if you don't have those friends. Um, but step one for all of that is to be walking with the Lord. So if before you can even seek biblical community, if you're not walking with the Lord, that would be the first step to take.
4: Yeah, that's that's really good. And so like, I'm seeing like a common like theme amongst all of us, and, and I was planning on saying the same thing in this prayer when it comes to seeking out biblical community. And I saw that to be true in my life as well when when, once I lost my friends and and prayed to the Lord, he, he gave me Sawyer and Jacob and other people in my life who loved the Lord. And the Lord proved that to be true in every single season of my life, whether it was, you know, when I first became a Christian was in high school or whenever I went to college and didn't know any Christian going to that school. The Lord put so many Christians in my life and it blessed me so much. And then now in this next season that I'm graduated and me and Taylor are married, he's blessed us beyond imagine with community. And, that, and I think a lot of that is the result of prayers that have been lifted up to him over the years, and he's just faithful to answer that. But something I think that's really, really important um, in, in seeking biblical community is, is the aspect of seeking it. Like you're not going to just stumble upon biblical community. Like, I didn't just stumble upon Jacob and Sawyer in high school just, like, just out of the blue and just met them and just became, like, best buds with them. Like, no, we were all actively seeking biblical community. I think that's a big aspect of it. Uh, We have to have the the true desire for biblical community, lift those prayers up to the Lord, and he's faithful to answer them. Um, Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say one more thing. And then I also think that um, a big tendency that we have as Christians or uh, something that we do, like, as Christians— when we're looking for biblical community, we just want to take our non-believer friends and replace them with other Christians and call that community. But I just want to encourage you guys that that is not what Christian community looks like. That, those are Christian friends, but that's not Christian community. See, Christian community is actively pursuing the Lord together and not just, just, not just coexisting Christians, not just putting other Christians in your life for you all to do things separately with. No, he wants you to all seek the Lord together. And something that I think is, is so beautiful is the Lord has this way of, of knitting together and pulling together people who love him and who have not much in common at all. Like I think back on like mine and Sawyer's friendship over the years and, and the friendship that I have with some of the young married couples in our small group now. Like there is not that much that we have in common other than the fact that we love the Lord. And I feel like at what, sometimes when we look for Christian community, we're looking for like a mirror image of ourselves, or someone who wants has all the same hobbies, wants to do the same stuff. And that, I think that's an important aspect of friendship. But the ultimate thing we need to look for when looking for Christian community is people who, who truly love the Lord and are going to push us to love the Lord as well.
0: Man, that is so good. That's so good. I, I love just all the wisdom they dropped here. Yeah, give it up, give it up for our panel. So good. So I think now we're, we're about to dismiss into small groups, but I, th- I want you guys to think about your life. Think about the friends you have right now. And we're not saying that you can't be friends with someone who doesn't love Jesus, right? We need those people in our life. We, we want to be loving like Jesus towards those people, right? But your closest friends, you want those people to be pursuing after Jesus together. So here at Revolution, we want you guys to know Jesus, be known in Jesus' family, And to make Jesus known. And that happens within the context of the church. Here on Wednesdays. Here on Sundays. But really pursuing after Jesus together in friendships. And so man, maybe you just need to, to pray tonight. God, would you bring me those close friendships of people who love Jesus? God, would you help my small group? Would you help us to love each other well? If you don't have those people in your life, start being that friend to other people. Just like Kara said last week. Start being that friend. Take your eyes off yourself and think, man, I want to love this person like Jesus loves them. I'm not going to put down people anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to make fun of them. I'm not going to bully those people. I'm going to be loving like Jesus is because that's what he calls me to do. And that's how you start those friendships. So give it up for our panel one more time. They did a great job.
2: Thank you guys so much. So good. So good.